Hey, this is Tasha Washington, therapist and life coach based in Phoenix, Arizona. And I also am the host of the Mommypreneur podcast. And you are listening to Rebuke. Hey, what's up? This is Anthony D. Sparks. I'm a speaker, uh, content creator, and certified life coach, as well as the host of the Crock-Pod Conversations podcast. And you are now listening to Rebuke. This is Marcus, the realest man in Huntsville. You're now listening to Rebuke. Today makes our 16th episode, and we have a great topic to discuss. I want to give thanks to my followers for listening, sharing, and donating to my podcast. And you can continue, you can continue to donate to my podcast by going to the Cash app and donating to dollar sign Rebuke, R-E-B-U-K-E-E-06, that is dollar sign R E B U K E E zero six. Your donations will be used to uh, uh, uplift the community and bring more topics, and uh, and you know uplift this uh, my podcast. Now, the re the reason why, you know what, I'm gonna go straight to the topic. Um, today's topic is called sexual frustrations of adulthood. And the reason why I decided to do this episode is because uh, two reasons. One of the reasons that um, one of my coworkers that I used to work with in, in Metro Detroit area um, is going, is what, I don't know, he continues going on, but at one time he was going through a tumultuous divorce. And the real reasons why that, um, that the divorce was going uh was going on with his him and his wife at the time is that she wasn't doing her wifely duties in the bedroom and the second reason why I'm doing this show is that I always hear testimonies from women that constantly say they're horny but don't do anything to fix it so that what gave me the t- uh, the notion to give the title of the show, Sexual Frustrations of Adulthood. First, before I go into the first question, I'd like to thank my my guest, Natasha, uh, the therapist from Phoenix, Arizona, Anthony uh, Sparks uh, from Birmingham, Alabama. He's a, a public speaker, and he has his own podcast called Crock-Pot uh, Conversations, correct? Yes, sir. That's it. All right. And t- Tony Kennedy, the sex nerd out of Huntsville, Alabama. So I'm going to the first question will go to you, Tony. Uh, we often talk about physical health, you know, eating right and uh, mental health. Uh, I do shows about mental health as well and emotional health. But on a scale of one to 10, how important is sexual health for the human being and why? Uh, I would definitely say it's going to be a 10. Um, it's very important. Sex is your sexual health and your sex and within itself is just as important as our 
just everyday activities, they all kind of swirl together. Super important. Okay. And Natasha, you used to be married and Anthony, you currently married. Uh, I'm going to go to the married man from one to 10. How is important is sexual health in a marriage? <laughs> um, well, brother, I, uh, I would have to agree with Tony. Um, I, I'd say it's a 10. Now here's the thing. I also would say that it's, it's weird to say this, but I think as, as we age, the number might slightly tick down a little bit, but I'd agree and say it's a 10, um, just because, um, and I think we're, we're physical beings. I think we were created with a desire and a need for that physical touch and affection and everything. And so, um, when we don't, when our sexual organs don't do what they're designed to do, um, I think it throws us out of whack a little bit. So I'd say a 10 for sure. And Natasha, uh, you coming from a single point of view, like myself on a scale of one ten, how important is sexual health? Um, I'm with everybody else. It's a 10. Um, okay. Everybody's a 10. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Cause we're not going to act like sex is not a need. You know what I mean? Like we kind of treat it as it's like something that we can just kind of sort of jump into, you know, whenever, but it's like, let's be real. This is why most people be walking around here mad because they ain't getting none. Like it's very important. We need to do it. <laughs> oh, we can open it up early. We open it up early. All right. I got time today. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. All right. Um, I'm gonna go straight to the technical question, Tony. Um, after doing my research in the Huff Post article, sex therapists say that one of the reasons why marriages and relationships fail because of desire discrepancy. Desire discrepancy basically means that, um, for example, if I want it six times a week and Natasha is my mate and she only wants it once a week, it's definitely going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. So my question is, um, how important is sexual compatibility? So compatibility basically means not only that you're compatible with, you know, religion and, and and goals and aspiration. How important is sexual compatibility in the relationship? If you're going to date someone. It's honestly primary. I teach a course. Actually, we actually talk a lot about desire discrepancy. Um, an example that I like to use often is I clearly speak English. Um, and if I met someone and maybe they spoke Italian and I felt as though that person was like the love of my life and I wanted to date them, then that person's probably going to learn a little bit of English. And I'm going to learn a little bit of Italian so that we can kind of meet in the middle and have communication. Sex is nothing but communication. So if there is a desire discrepancy that causes one partner or the other partner to have this issue of they want more, or they're not fulfilled. So we have to kind of meet in the middle. And that's just with any relationship on any capacity, you know, it's all about compromise. So there's a level of let's just kind of find a rhythm and a sex, a type of sex that you want to have. It could be one partner isn't being fulfilled like they want to, so they don't want it as much. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why this happens, but it's, it's apparent because if you're not compatible, then we run into divorce, cheating, etc. Gotcha. Um, Tasha, um, and Anthony, I'm going to go ahead to Anthony. Since hearing the sex nerd telling us about sexual compatibility, do you all think that is important 
that we have this discussion before we even get into a relationship. Because if I want, I wanted a certain amount of time and y'all, we're not willing to compromise in the middle. And then we have life, uh, jobs, kids and all that other stuff. It's going to lead to these big problems. So uh, do you believe that sexual compatibility needs to be talked before we even engage in, in the, to a, ser- a serious relationship? I'm going to go Natasha, then Anthony. I feel like, yes, it does need to be discussed in the beginning, but it also needs to be discussed when there are major milestones like children introduced into the picture or like mm-hmm. maybe taking on a bit of a workload. Because in the beginning, yeah, we might have all types of time and we might be able to make some type of balance. But if one of us is being pulled in a different direction and it's taking a toll on us, then we need to sit down and talk about it again. Like, you know, like we don't need to just set that one goal in the beginning and be like, this is what it is. Because then if something does happen later, we can't, we're not going to be able to uphold that particular goal that we made in the beginning. Okay. Okay. All right. Anthony, what you say about that, man? And it sounds like to me, you got three folks on this podcast that are batting perfect with each other right now. Cause I would absolutely agree with that. Um, it, it's one thing to, to, to make that, I guess, determination on the front end, but man, life happens, things start happening. Um, stuff gets in the way and, if you thought you were somebody who needed it six times a week, um, life comes at you fast and you're going to realize six times a week is shooting for the moon. You might need to come down a little bit on some stuff. And so, um, <laughs> so that, hey, that, it, it happens, man. So, so the conversation on the front end is good, but, but it's unrealistic to think that we're not going to be talking some more about it as we get further down in our relationship. Yeah. yeah I would like to add that too. I, I will say I don't, think it's healthy to talk about sex one time. I think couples should talk about sex every day, all the time, um, on some kind of capacity. It's important. It's something that constantly requires work. Plus, your desires and what you want and how you feel change all the time because our bodies are always changing. Your hormones shift. Things change. Also, your sexual likes and dislikes change. Like, you might like one thing and then later on you might figure out you're into something else. We're always evolving. That's what it is. Sex is an evolution. So you have to find someone that is compatible in the fact that they're willing to always never stop finding new ways to feel good together as a team and always explore because the minute you stop doing that, that's when things go left. When sexual uh, compatibility, not only the amounts of sex, the types of sex you talked about, Tony, the, you know what I'm saying? There's different, some, some people are into different things. So that needs to be discussed, correct? Absolutely. All the time, literally all the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now here's the question. Um, before I go into court, yeah, I go to this question. I go ahead and knock it out. Um, because I, I, I have a little, I have something about this next question. I just, it, it just rubs me the wrong way because it's, I think it's been used and abused as an excuse not to do it. But I talk to a lot of women and they're reasoning not to have casual rent random sex because their belief in soul ties um the question is do you believe in soul ties or or do some women just have a hard time separating sex from emotion because i believe sex is made for with three things i think sex is made for procreation Uh, i believe sex is made for bonding between two individuals and i think it's made for pleasure but I, I talk to have a lot of conversations with women. They seem like they, if they have a hard time uh, separating the emotion part from sex. So they, they fear of not having sex with, 
they fear of having sex with a man or or even vice versa with a guy is because they feel like they get too attached so um natasha can you tell me what is a soul tie and and do you believe in it and why or believe or don't don't believe in it or why well from my understanding a soul tie is the best way that i can explain it without using that terminology is you just sleeping with the wrong energy you know what i mean and people's energies no matter whether you're sexual or if you just walk into a room you can feel it and it affects you and so i think i don't the traditional like soul tie thing i think it's a little dramatic but but as far as like energetically, yes, I do kind of, I am definitely feeling that, but that's where you use like your brain and your intuition <laughs> and you can tell like, ah, this person I probably don't need to be involved with. Cause when people hear casual sex, they think, oh, she's just, he or she is just sleeping with whoever they meet. And it's like, yeah, no, it's not quite how it works, you know? And so people, I think people need to understand what casual sex is. And um, it's not just anybody, you know, you don't just walk in the store and like, oh, you cute, let's go. You know, like, well, at least <laughs> the way I view it, it's not like that. Um, but it's all, to me, it's just all about being aware. Like, you know, if you are going to sleep with somebody, you know, you don't, it's not something you got to do the first night you meet them. Like y'all can kind of talk and communicate and figure, not figure each other out, but get to know each other some. So then you can decide like, do I want to add this body to my account or not? Nah, you know? Um, and um, so, yeah, I'm gonna stop there though. I'm, I'm gonna stop. Not <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not, you're going to stop there. I'm going to go a little bit further though. So, do okay. you, so if I, if you believe I have sex with you, you said something about energy, right? Mm -hmm. So you, if I, and me and you start having sex, you believe all of a sudden you're going to be this pro black, aggressive DMX mentality, uh, <laughs> rebuke type female because she has sex with me. Cause that's what the picture has. It has a picture. You see the picture. It's a woman. Yeah, it's, it's it has a bunch of heads of dudes mm -hmm. inside of her. So you, you believe that if you have sex with me, for a couple times, you're going to absorb my energy, my my being, my presence, quote unquote soul ties? Um, well, because I know who you are as a person, no. Um, <laughs> if I was like maybe just some chick that just kind of met you, maybe it, it it's, it's, it's twofold. So your energy plays in the part, but if my energy is vulnerable, yes. But if I know how to protect myself and, you know, guard myself and things like that, eh, not so much. But there's a lot of people out here who don't understand that concept. And they're just, they're allowing anybody in their space. And I don't even mean sexually, just period. You know what I mean? Like you just allow anybody in your space or you just can't be alone or you just, you know, you have to have people around and you're just dying for like some connection. Like your energy is a little bit more vulnerable in those instances. So it's a little bit different. But when, you know, when people are sure of themselves and they're, balanced and you know grounded and things like that it, it, it's a little it's it's not as easy to get in like it would with somebody whose energy is just wide open for anybody so i mean it's it's levels and it's, it's differences it's not i get what the pictures are trying to portray and but it's not it's not as simple as they make it sound if that makes sense i got you i got you anthony yeah <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna look. I, 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 I think the soul ties piece. We, um, I, I think we covered that. It's something else you said in that question, man. That I kind of want to hit real quick, and that's the, that's the, um, 
the part where you said do do some women have a hard time separating emotion for sex uh emotion from sex i should say mm -hmm. i'm gonna go a step further and say this man i think some of us men have a hard time separating emotion from sex um i don't think it's say just a woman thing. Um, yeah and so and so truth be told and i can be real left field here on this but while sex is physical um there is an emotional component to it as well i mean e even the most casual of sex i think there's also a, a, an emotional component to it and honestly bro i'd say anybody who who doesn't feel that there is some emotional component to it um i think they're either not being real or they might have an emotional blockage because if there's no level of 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 emotion whether it's whether it's a a, a one or 100 doesn't matter i'm just saying there's some level of emotion attached to it um if there's not then you might as well get you a blow up doll and call it a day. Oh man. Absolutely. Come on, man. Anthony just spoke some truth there. <laughs> just Come saying. on, man. Oh man. Let me go to the next question. <laughs> Are you just gonna skip? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to talk about this no more? Yeah. Tony. Your spirit not vexed no more? Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good on soul ties. All right. Okay. Uh I have friends that um that constantly complain and I didn't talk to various women and they told me this they they didn't heard their friends say tell them this as well that their partners stop doing particular sex acts usually it, it, it goes boils down to Tony that is is uh low jobs and fellatios you get what I'm saying once, yeah. once they get married or the years go down the road now, my question is to you, since you are a sex nerd, a sex expert, why would a woman stop doing this? And Natasha, you're next. You're up at bat. And is this ground for divorce or pass for a man to cheat? Because that this the the blowjob may be the the deal breaker. The you know what I'm saying? The, the reason why I put the ring on your hand. You get what I'm saying? Ooh, that's good. Okay. <laughs> that's good i'm gonna i'm going to dial it back for two seconds i wanted to teach you guys something really fast and please take this forward just like everything else in this world there's different types of human beings right there's like you know i'm i'm a like when a lot of times when you get employed somewhere it's like are you this kind of learner are you a visual learner are you this are you that we're all different so our sex is the same way that whole sex with emotion thing there are some people that are emotionally based in, within that wheelhouse. There are some people that are turned on just by the activity of it. So with that being said, it's not that they have a hard time separating it. It's more like, that's just the type of person you are. Just like some people like salty food and some people like sweet food. So you've got to really tap into who you are. And I urge people to get on our websites, DM me, check it out and get some of that information and do the work and figure out who you are as a sexual being. That is key. Because if you know who you are, you can share yourself. Now, to that's important because of the next part of the question that you just asked me. <clears throat> a lot of times with, with us ladies, it's um, we are serotonin based, right? So that means that women, we're generally little ninjas. We're always remembering everything. I've got to run here, I've got to do that. And I'm sure you'll agree with me, Tatasha. Like we're always running, we're always busy. So when we get home, if it feels like an obligation or one more thing that we have to attend to or whatever the case may be, that's going to inadvertently prevent us from, from giving the blowjob. If we're not getting the appreciation or the enthusiasm, I teach that all the time. Enthusiasm is key. Whatever it was that you were doing in the beginning, you should be doing throughout the relationship. After a while, it's like, what is this man doing? Is he coming home 
from work and just sitting on the couch, not lending a hand with anything. And she's just like had to do all the stuff. Maybe she works too. And then you want me to get down there? Like, no. So it's a give and take type of thing. I would need a whole lot more intel. And I think everybody's story is so different that you almost have to kind of break it down and find out why is this not happening? Are you not attracted to him anymore? Um, do you feel like he's been unfaithful and that's why you don't want to, to please him in that way? Is he pleasing you in that way? Are there things that, or maybe do you feel less attractive and maybe he's not making you feel attractive. So why would you want to go down there? So there's a lot of factors. Okay. I, I I I hear you. I hear you, Tony. I hear you, uh, Miss Washington. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, man. <laughs> so look, okay, because you know I got something to say. So I agree with Tony a hundred million percent. I want to also add in that you know it's also about reciprocity. I know she kind of touched on this a little bit, but that's one thing that I notice when I talk to men that they feel like, well, I do this and that's enough. And so, but what I require her is all this long list of things, but as long as I do these few things, like she, I, and you know, of course, like sexual acts are very high on the list, which is fine, you know, but there are going to be times where I'm not going to feel like it. Or if there's a time where I needed you, and you weren't there reciprocity don't mean like i go down on you you go down on me no that mean like if i need you and you're not there for me then we gonna start slacking off and it's most likely gonna start slacking off in the sex first um and that's what people don't understand so if like your woman is slipping and not doing what you want her to do check yourself make sure that you're doing what she needs you to do for her as well and secondly there is no yes Yes, you need to check yourself. It's not because it's not that simple. Like just like just as an example where men like to say, oh, she was crazy. No. What did you do? Because no woman is just going to come and bust your windows out for no reason. What did you do? And nine times out of 10, there's a story there. They don't want to talk about that, though. It's the same thing. If your woman ain't giving you head, what are you not doing? Uh, what are you not? I'm not saying it's your fault, but what are you not doing? There's there's something there. There's a story there. And most people who have the complaint don't ever want to talk about the story. They just want to talk about what the person is doing. Mm -hmm. And that's where things get twisted because there's a story behind every complaint. But if you ain't giving up the story, then you play a part and you're trying to avoid it. Uh, uh, t Anthony, give us a story, brother. The she <laughs> ladies are on him, man. I completely agree. There's something. There's something going on. Yeah, there's something there. There always okay. is. So, 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 Jones, give, give me the give me the question one more time to make sure I, I, I answer it. Answer okay, the right thing. Uh, I have, I, and me and you have this conversation before, Anthony. I mean, yeah. being close friends, and we okay. you have friends, and we have we. I got other friends that you don't know that they complained about this. Uh, they complained that their partner stopped doing a particular sex act when they got married or years down the road in the marriage, whatever. Why would a woman stop doing this? And is this grounds for divorce or a pass for you to cheat if your wife stopped doing something you enjoy in the bedroom? Okay, so all right, here we go. So now this this, this, this might this might be a cause for some 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 debate or some disagreement or whatever. But I'm just speaking from my perspective right now. Um, first off, definitely not a pass to cheat per se. Now, if there was like an unspoken I don't know expectation agreement whatever that these sex acts were supposed to be continued, like we talked about earlier, 
then that may, you know, be grounds for for separation, divorce, whatever the case is. But not saying that it, that that should happen. Um, but I'm gonna be the first one to tell you that I think married sex is different from single sex, and and here's why. I and again, this is from from various conversations I've had with so many people, men and women, and also just just. Me being a guy who's been married now for, uh, it'll be 10 years in July. Um, I think, man, we tend to view our partners as um, sacred or significant the longer we're with them and, and, and we're building together and doing things together. And, and so sometimes um, I really think, man, that it can be um, it can be hard to see somebody as sacred or significant on one hand and then turn around and, and, and you know, kind of treat them like a slut. Again, male or female, on the other hand, like like doing those those crazy sex acts that we might have done years before we got kids and 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 career and and kind of became who we are. Like it was totally different then. And so there were certain things, man, that I might have been cool with doing with my girlfriend, but I have trouble doing with a woman that's now my wife and the mother of my kids. Now I'm not saying that that, that that's right. I'm just saying that's fact. Um, and so I, I think that as as we go along in the relationship, in the marriage, whatever, the things that we were doing at 20, um, I, you know, when we when we didn't have the again, the, 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 the covenant or the bond or whatever that we're in now, um, I, I just think it's I just think it's a totally different um, lifestyle. I think it's a totally different um perspective in which we view sex you know the, the longer that we're together and we start seeing each other in these other ways and roles as opposed to when it was just you were bait and we were just kicking it i think that's totally different gotcha gotcha and i've actually heard men say that before where it's like you know it's different when we when we're married or or even in a serious relationship like it's it's not the same like it's okay when we just kind of you know doing our thing but when we start to get like serious about each other. I can't treat you like that anymore. I can't, you know, handle you like that anymore. So right. yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I have a group of women that I work with a lot, and this came up. These are all just a bunch of married women, forty plus for the most part. And the conversation you just had. So as women, you know, after we've had babies and we've got stretch marks and maybe our bodies change and things like that, by you having that mentality, which is a beautiful mentality to have, don't get me wrong, but when you stop viewing someone as a sexual creature, they feel that. Therefore, they don't feel as sexual. No, I want you. I just don't want you. <laughs> I just don't want you in that. Like, I, I, I can't see you like that anymore. And, and that's, that's, that's no disrespect to you. No, I'm no, just, and I, that could be, I'm not saying that's for everybody necessarily, but I've definitely sat in the floor with some ladies before that were like, I don't feel like I used to. And it yeah. does, you can feel that though, you know? Well, I mean, I yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, and I and I don't, I don't, of course, from my vantage point, I don't look at it as a as a negative or or or, or piece of unattraction. It's just, you know, my wife, um, Aiden and Ashton's mama, you know, giving, and I'm expecting her to give me um, crazy head four nights a week. I just can't see that anymore, <laughs> like I could have when I was 18 or 19 years old. Right. I, I, I respect. To the top of the conversation, the whole podcast. That's that's everything. That's evolution of sexuality within couples. Right. Like what you were doing, you're not necessarily doing anymore. But as long as you're happy and satisfied, it really doesn't matter. Right. 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 Why? Right. Let me go to Tony. Be stand by because the next question is for you. Um, 
I'm gonna get a little personal. I'm gonna talk about one of my fantasies. You know what I mean? So, uh, one of my fantasies is Anthony. I'm gonna talk to you like a bro. You know what I mean? Like we on we like we on the phone. Just me and you, but unfortunately, we have two <laughs> ladies on here. But uh, I'm on. I had a hard days at work, man. I had a hard day at work, man. And I drive in the darn in the uh, in the garage, and I open the door, and I smell food. You know, I smell my favorite food. You know, I smell smothered pork chops. Baked macaroni and cheese and collard greens and and then and then Natasha comes out in four inch heels with salmon pink and apple green attire, telling me, uh, "Enjoy your meal, baby, because dessert is later on." I just made that up, but I'm just that's one of my fantasies that I ever get married. You get what I'm saying? Okay, but. The reason I I brought that up, um, I hope I didn't embarrass you, Tasha. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know me better than that. <laughs> okay, so uh, the reason I bring it up because one of the reasons why a lot of people get divorced is because because of sex, and, and one part of the element of sex is that that their fantasies is being shunned or looked. Look down on, you know what I mean. And so, how how is it important to discuss your fantasies with your partner? Go ahead, Tony. Uh, yeah, the shame and the stigma thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I gave you a clean fantasy. There's some, there's yeah, some fantasies yeah. that guys want. And it's like, but to some, I mean, it's one of those things that here you go. Fantasies is nothing but sexual fuel. It's basically sexy time gasoline. We're always fantasizing throughout our days. It could be a real life person, a real life scenario. Now there's the differences. There's some fantasies that turn into desires, which means that you actually desire to do this in your everyday life versus fantasy, which stays oh, in your my, mind. Mine was a desire, so but go ahead. more of a fantasy that you hope to become a desire. Now, once you've figured out that part, it's very, okay, so it's the same as how, how important is it to talk to your partner about money, goals, um, financial stuff, uh, future with your children are you going to send them a camp whatever the case may be it's just as important to talk about those things because those are things in your life aka your sex life that you potentially might want to fulfill and if they're if there's like boundaries then you get creative that's when you you know if you want to have a threesome and and your partner's like not okay with that then you can get a toy and simulate the act without having a whole human in your bed there's ways around it you just have to be creative <laughs> well with that being said uh, Anthony, I mean, how is is the discussion of fa- your fantasies have been the discussion in your relationship or no? You you just noticed you you realize when you got married that you can't you can't act upon your fantasies and you just gotta continue continue doing what you have to do. Well, you know, I, I'm gonna and I, I shouldn't have to say this in terms of you know saying I'm, I'm gonna be real, but because um, I know this is a this is a real show and 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 I I have real talk on my podcast as well. Uh, but man, honestly, when I think fantasy, I hate to say it this way, bro, but I but I look at I look at a fantasy as as like something that's that's um, that's almost kind of 
untouchable or mm. whatever the case is. And so mm. and so when I get to thinking about a fantasy, I'm gonna be honest and and you know, I, I if this sounds bad, I that's not the intent, but I don't I don't think fantasy and think, ooh, my wife can do this. Like if I think fantasy, I'm thinking like, you know, some maybe unattainable figure or person or whatever the case is. It's almost like a woman and you know, back in the day, and it might be different. Well, say say like a woman and 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 Michael B. Jordan now, and and you know, guys. For us, it used to be growing up, it used to be like Holly Berry, and and now you know, you can name any any whatever, Nikki, Carter, whatever, <laughs> you can name all, all kinds of folks. But but when I think of fantasy, I think that. Like I don't think I don't think like like kind of what you just said. I mean, why that why that would be cool, and 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 hey, I'm here for it. That's not where my mind goes when I'm like, ooh, I really want to talk about this fantasy I got. Because more than likely, if it's a fantasy, when I'm thinking about the word fantasy, I'm going to the extreme and thinking, yo, fantasy is like checking off bucket list kind of stuff. <laughs> so so basically, you're saying that fantasy in my in your terminology is me and Jill Scott. Right, right. Something <laughs> like that, yeah. So it stays in your head, but I assume your wife obviously fulfills your desires on a more physical plane because she, you know, you're happy. Sure. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So it's, it's the same. It's kind of, I mean, we do think it's, it's, it's healthy though. We need those things to stimulate our brains. Natasha, you, I believe you was once married before. Have, have you had, was this a discussion in your, your marriage at the one, at, at one time, the fantasies and. No. Um, I'm kind of with Anthony on that one. Like, yeah, this one is like for my thoughts only, you know what I mean? Like this is when I, when I have something that I fantasize about, it's not something that I'm actually trying to do. You know what I mean? It's just something that I think about, (laughs) you know, and, and it might take me there. It may not, I don't know, whatever, but it's not really anything that I plan on like have sitting down and having a discussion about because it's just, it's just something that's in my head. I didn't really ever plan to act on it anyway well it's very interesting to hear both you you and anthony's responses but reports say this this is the main reason why people get divorced tony i mean Um, yes because communication is key because even it's not just because you're talking about something it doesn't necessarily mean that it's your plan to do it but you're exposing more about you because if you share like i'm just going to go really left like say you know one of your biggest fantasies is to be laid out in a room and a bunch of people come in and ravish you okay well that tells me that you might really be into like group sex or maybe you just at the very deepness of it all maybe you really don't want all those people maybe just your brain is doing that but maybe you just want to feel desired so i tap into that and i realize okay so Let's get your partner laying you down and just completely ravishing you. And that's really just, it satisfies it. So it's, it's, I personally think it's very healthy. I do not even engage in like, I'm single. I talk to people. I'm dating all the time. I'm always texting, trying to figure out, you know, my boo. And I, a very typical conversation is exchanging fantasies and talking about those things because I find them fascinating. Just tells you so much about that person. You take away the shame and the stigma just to figure them out. Mm-hmm. So, so Jones, it, man, can I can I say something on that real quick? <laughs> okay, okay, man, go ahead. Well, you know, look, I, I I'm all 100 percent in on on communication, um, but you know, having 
having, you know, like I said, been married for 10 years and, and uh-huh. you know, all of us have been in significant relationships, et cetera. Um, something that I've learned, and, and again, I can only speak for me, is that um, not everything needs to be said. <laughs> like, I, like I, I believe I believe in, in, in judicious honesty because at, at a certain point, um, I think there's a such thing as knowing too much. And if I know too much, and I can't do anything about that which I know, it's gonna cause some issues. And so me expressing to my wife, you know, hey, um, you know, I, 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 I imagine, you know, one day coming home and it's you and two other women, like knowing that, that she's not gonna go for that, knowing that that's not even her MO, um, how inadequate, in my opinion, does that start to make her feel if she now knows, wow, my husband wants more more women than just me and I'm not really here for that. So what are we going to do? Like, I just think, you know, when it comes to certain things, you can't unring a bell. You can't put toothpaste back in the tube. And, and so I think mm-hmm. at some point, um, some things are OK to just kind of keep, you know, with you, yourself and, and I, as opposed to just putting it all out there for them to consume. Oh, okay. I, I I like that viewpoint. We do come into play. Um, I think for me, I think there's a difference in terms of the fact that you do have a significant connection to your wife, clearly. Whereas for me, if I'm just dating around, I don't know this person from a bag of beans. I'm trying to decide if I actually really do want to date you, in which case for me, it's like really easy to just talk about some stuff. Not every single fantasy, but I want to know. And I want them to know about me because it doesn't bother me. I don't have an emotional stock. So there's also that component that's important too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so to that real quick, that kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier when it comes to, to, to single single sex or single issues and, and marriage stuff. And, and so in that case, I agree because again, those are conversations I absolutely wouldn't mind having with, with women. I'm just kind of just kind of kicking it with dating, seeing what's up. Um, but you know, now on down the line, it's like, ah, I'm gonna pump brakes on that. i mean i think it's i think you're making a good point and all of the married men out there that are 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 in relationships like you i hope that they resonate with that as in terms of understanding that your partner does have boundaries and definitely keeping that in mind at all times that's super important all right and i also think that what anthony was saying was important because i actually have a very close friend of mine who it caused big problems in her marriage where her husband was fantasizing about um Oh, gosh, you know, like Instagram models and stuff like that. Women that look like that. And but like she's telling him, like, I don't look anything like that. So, you know, it's hard for me to to not not believe, but kind of accept that. Instagram is the devil. You know, you still feel for me the way you feel. And I'm using Instagram models as an example. I can't remember the website she said he was on. um, But it was like just, you know, these different you know um big breasts big butt little hips you know and meanwhile you know she's flat butt you know a cup you know so she just was kind of like i find it very difficult to believe that you know you're you you still view me and still desire me the way that you did when we before these women started coming around and it caused a lot of a whole lot of problems in their relationship because he just like put it all out there and would like have it on his phone be scrolling through pictures like they're laying in the bed scrolling through pictures like just all types of out of pocket so there are some things that i'm with anthony like you probably just gonna keep that to yourself you know because it could and it did make her feel very inadequate Mm. 
Mm. I'm going to have to move to the next question, but it reminds me of something Anthony said on his podcast that sometimes your your favorite food may be, my favorite food is pork chops, but sometimes men like catfish from now, from time to time. But that's another topic <laughs> for another day. Uh, <laughs> pornography is big business in America. It's also a big issue in some in most relationships. In fact, 60% reported that the internet porn played uh, uh, played a significant role in divorces with excessive interest in online porn, contributing to more than half of the cases, divorce cases. Now, I'm going to paint a scenario. Me and Natasha is married. She comes home. She opens up the bedroom door. And she catches me watching porn. Big Booty Julie uh, Platinum 50. <laughs> is there a deal breaker? You know, that looks too well, brother. Yeah, hey, you Wasn't that oddly specific? <laughs> hey, don't judge me. Uh, is this a deal breaker or couples should watch more of it to learn how to please they mate? Um, I'm tempted. I'm tempted. Uh, I'm going to Tasha, and then I'm gonna go Tony, and then Anthony. You, you finish it off, Tasha, please. Well, first things first. No, it's not a deal breaker. At least not for me. Um, I do know some people who take it very personal, but um, it's not a deal breaker for me. Um, if I come home and you watching porn, my first question is like just in the middle of the day like this you know <laughs> like number one and then like you couldn't wait for me like you know like that's kind of what I would be on like so you just doing this by yourself now like when we start doing that but um as far as like learning from porn I'm gonna have to that's, that's a hard no um because porn isn't realistic first of all like let's just be clear on that porn is not very realistic and it also is really just about like getting the man off like you know women are just kind of there like getting beat down but you know what I mean and she's doing all this extra moaning and stuff but I don't really see there being like too much focus on a woman being pleasured so if you need to learn something or you know teach your mate then that's your job like we're not gonna sit down in front of the computer and be like see this is mm -mm. I'm gonna let you know what I need and then it's gonna be up to you to do it and vice versa I can't wait to hear the sex therapist Tony Okay, so I wish y'all could have seen my face. This is like the number one thing we talk about. And I'm like, uh-oh. Okay, so porn. Tasha, you're right. You're right. Learning about porn, it's like, okay, would you let a 16-year-old drive down the road after watching Fast and the Furious and think that that's like a proper <laughs> driving test? Right. <laughs> no, it's the same. Now, porn, let's just dial it all the way back. That is for visual stimulation. It's supposed to stimulate. So there's that. Typically, when men, and this is a complete, you guys can just go on and fact check it all you want. Typically, there's something called sexual pressure. Now, there's a pressure with men, and whether we're going to get into that or not, to perform. Because sometimes it's about, and also with women, I encourage them to masturbate and take care. Because you know yourself, and you don't have to worry about someone else's body, their needs, their wants, and their desires. More often than not, you guys get filled up a lot, a little testosterone hits you, and it's a nice little release. And sometimes it's nice to just 
focus on yourself really fast instead of going down on your wifey or your girlfriend for 30 minutes and then getting inside there and all this other stuff. And you're more focused on her pleasure and then your own instead of just rubbing one out for 15 minutes and keeping it moving. So it's, it's, it's like that. It's like food. You can eat a wonderful dinner with your partner, but you can also grab lunch for yourself. It's totally okay and it's totally healthy. You're not born with some sort of amount of orgasms that you're allowed to have. You can have as many as you want. Now, when it becomes an issue or an addiction, I don't like using that word addiction unless it's truly an addiction. If it keeps you from being able to do the things that you should do in your daily life, AKA go to work, take care of your kids, et cetera. If you can't adult because you're too busy masturbating, then yes, you should seek some help because then we have a serious addiction. But if you are casually enjoying yourself whenever, that is okay. That is not weird. That's not unhealthy. And I encourage sex lives are things that are just yours and they're also supposed to be shared with someone else. The longest sex life and sex relationship you're ever going to have on this planet is with yourself. So just because you have a partner doesn't mean that your sexual connection with yourself isn't just as valid. Okay. Uh, Anthony, you come home to your wife of 10 years in July and she got a a porn on her phone. What's the this what's the discussion like? Ooh. Yes sir. <laughs> yes sir. Um y- you know that that's a that's an amazing hypothetical and I honestly don't have an answer because that's one of those jump the hurdle when you get to it kind of things. Um so I, I I can't say. I mean, one thing I do know though, um, I think one thing you asked was, is it a deal breaker? Yeah. And and I would say, of course, you know, no, that's not a deal breaker. Um, it does maybe need to involve some type of conversation. The, the the level of which, you know, I'm not really sure of at this point. And hopefully, we never have to have that conversation. Um, um, in terms of, you know, if, if, let's say if, if she's watch, having to watch it regularly like that, hopefully that's not an issue. Um, but but something you said though. Well, a question you asked, well, the second question you asked that I kind of wanted to, that really stood out, I wanted to hit on, and, and that's when you said, should couples watch more of it? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. And, and, and honestly, in, in that regard, Tony said the best, you know, it's visual stimulation. Um, there's a level of, of, of course, entertainment value to it, but I don't know that, I, I don't think couples should watch it, to watch more of it together because, and, and the issue is because I think it can start to create um, outsized expectations and you're going to be disappointed because look, when it comes to my relationship, I'm not a porn star. My wife's not a porn star. And at a certain point, if that's what we're watching and basing our sexual performance on, man, we're going to be disappointed and maybe even start feeling inadequate, which can lead to other issues. And so um, I I think to welcome it into um, a relationship, whether it's a form of, of, of learning, um, I guess both of you kind of getting off, to it together, whatever the case is, I just think that that that, that really, really, really opens a door that's uh, that can be hard to close. So they've developed, just to touch on that, they've developed a line, several lines of pornography, right, that are not, uh, they're called sex, sexcationals. Um, and I actually carry them here, not shamelessly trying to sell anything. What I'm doing is, is there's regular everyday porn and then there's those porn. Those are designed, those are real human beings, real people, and they're actually educational porns. They're actually made to teach you things and then at the end you can watch the little extra actual porno if you wanted um but yeah I like the how-tos I put a lot of couples on them um because it's there's they do interviews with both parties they talk about things they show you things it's it's actually pretty neat I'm glad that something like that was developed 
um, they're by the Wicked Picture line. So pretty, pretty, pretty great. All right. I'm going to go ahead to this next question. This is very important. Over the years, I learned that, just for me, that sex has been is just as important to them as it is to men. Now, I, I didn't ask the question about the 90-day rule or anything because I don't want to get into that because I, I, have, I have my own personal beliefs. I don't believe in it, but to each his own. But I'm, I paint a scenario to, to where these two individuals never have not experienced sex until after they got married. Now, the scenario, the man or woman has a great job. And this, this is, this, I get this scenario from the Chris Rock movie. I love, I think I love my wife. I think, or I love my wife, wherever the title of that movie is. Great. Movie. Oh, yeah. yes. It's a great movie. I believe movie. every, every, every couple should watch that movie. Yeah. Every yeah. couple please sit down and watch that movie. So, because it, it, it says a lot. Now, a man or woman has a great job, educated, family-oriented, but when it comes down to the bedroom is, you know, it's womp, womp, womp. You know, why is it so hard for couples to tell their mate that they're not getting pleased? And do you think this is the reason why people cheat or have side dudes and side chicks to satisfy their needs? I'm going to go with Anthony first. All right. So um, I'm going to say this off the bat. I'm, I, I know that um, I, I love the fact that Tony and, and Natasha on this conversation and, and Tony's perspective is great because I love how she kind of just hits stuff head on in terms of like the, the, the sexual education piece. Um, and I know she's going to have something good to say on this, but what I would say it's a tough conversation because, man, sex is is so intimate and it's and it can be so personal. And to be told that you know, you're not doing it right or or you're not doing it well um, can be super embarrassing and, and deflating. And so while I definitely think mates should be able to express it to each other, um, I think it's hella hard because sex is such a personal thing and um, it's a bit of a point of pride for a whole lot of us. And so to be told that you don't measure up, um, that can that can cause some serious um, dejection and deflation. Now, to answer the second part of what you said, when it comes to cheating, man, I got one simple thing to say about cheating. And while while this may be a reason that some do cheat, at the end of the day, brother, people cheat for one reason, and that is because they want to. Plain and simple. I, I don't I don't miss that any way, shape, or form. I don't care whether you whether you feel like you're being quote unquote forced to or pushed to. At the end of the day, we cheat because we want to. Period. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna let uh, Natasha go next. Uh, do I need to repeat the question? Because Anthony said a mouthful. <laughs> um, I no, you don't need to repeat the question. I I understand where Anthony is coming from, and I believe that the reason why things like that happen with the you know the ego bruising and the you know feeling inadequate is because. I, I'm a firm believer and if you have a problem, you also need to bring the solution. So if I come to you and say, hey, babe, you're not pleasing me in this way, that's not the end of the conversation. I then need to tell you what you need to do. I don't Great need to point. just leave you with the responsibility of figuring it out because it's Absolutely. my body. So technically it's my problem. So then I need to provide the solution. So like, hey, I don't like 
I don't like to be licked. But if you lick me, I'm going to say, hey, this is the problem. Like, don't lick me. You know what I mean? Like, boom, problem solved. Unless he keeps doing it. But, you know, like problem solved. So a lot of like, I feel like a lot of the struggle around that comes from because people only talk about what they don't like. And then they just kind of like leave it up to the person to figure it out. So then you're stuck because you don't know what to do because you thought what you were doing was okay, you know, and then you find out that it's not. So now I got to turn into a mind reader and a problem solver and a detective. You know, I got to do all this just to please you. Like, what? So I believe, I'm a firm believer that if you do have a problem with whatever is happening or not happening in the bedroom, you also need to vocalize how to, how what you feel like would fix it. Now it's up to them to either do it or say, hey, like, Okay, but what about this if they not with it? That's fine. Secondly, I also agree 100% with the whole um, cheating. It's just because they want to. Like, that that whole, like, oh, I cheated because of this and this and this. Bye. You cheated because you wanted to. Now, I'm with Anthony 100% on that one. Like, you can miss me with every excuse you got. You just felt like you wanted some new booty and you went and got some. Cut it out. Before I go to Tony, uh, I've just, I, the reason why I worded it that way, because I didn't have so many people tell me that, yo, he's a good guy, but he just doesn't bring the lumber in the bedroom. So that's why I got so-and-so, the, the plumber, <laughs> to fix my pipes. You get what I'm saying? And they don't want to <laughs> They don't want to lose this good guy because this good guy makes six figures and he's good with the kids and all this other stuff. But do I want to throw that all away and you know you know how a lot of women don't want to start over when it comes to relationships do i want to throw this good man all the way off because he's not good in this one particular area and maybe i can just get a guy just for this area or start all over so but i'm gonna go ahead and tony you sex therapist yeah this is huge okay so this is like a two-part situation so i'm gonna address the first part very quickly um anthony that was great what you were saying about the whole like not wanting to hurt your partner's feelings in a nutshell um or have your feelings hurt and so i teach something just like anything else in this world you have to learn how to communicate your needs and your wants and you can do it in a way that doesn't it doesn't mean that you don't love your partner or you don't think of them any less it's called the compliment sandwich. It's quite lovely. We use it all the time, but it's, I'm going to be really dry about it because I don't want it to be all sexual on the podcast. But if someone was doing something to me and I'm all like, oh my gosh, baby, I love it when you do that. Oh my, can you throw it in a circle? Oh, that feels so good. You're amazing. Just like that. It doesn't have to be that complicated. It's, it's taking the time to learn the skills and the education behind sex enough to, to communicate it. And I don't mean like, what I do what I mean is 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 that we think about how we learned about sex and everything else as a society we're just now really getting to the point where we're really really getting into it so there's so much behind it and there's so much going on that if you take the time to learn about certain sexual acts and things like that knowledge is power on on any capacity the more you know about it the easier it is for you to explain yourself and you can do it in a way like I said the compliment sandwich is a great tip it's a good tip because that gives your partner affirmation in there and, and they make them feel empowered. And it also gets you the results that you're looking for. So that's an easy way to do that part. Um, now, in terms of the other thing that we were talking about, um, so at the very essence of what I do, I had to take life coaching there for a while. I believe, Anthony, are you not a life coach as well or something very similar? Yep, I am. Okay, so you know how like fundamentally we learn our basics and then you can kind of specialize in other things. So I went on to specialize in sex and relationships, right? 
But at the very, and this stuck with me forever, and I actually use this all the time in the bedroom, but there's four basic social needs of every single human being. It's the vehicle that drives us behind the scenes. Sometimes we don't always realize it, but it is the truth. And it's routine, variety, significance, and connection. Those words can mean other things, but as human beings, we like our routine. We also like our variety. We want to feel valuable to someone, so significance, whether it's work or whatever the case may be, we, we need that. And then connection, that's why we have families, that's what love is for, those are those things, those cups have to be filled all the time. So if one thing is missing, we go for the other. My favorite example, and it's not even a sex example, Michael Jordan, so I'm gonna ask all of you guys, what is he known for? Basketball. Exactly, he loved the sport, that was his routine, he was known to get out there, kill the game, right? Um, he was important, it's Michael Jordan, you say it, it's significant. Connection, he loved the game. Why do you think he went and played baseball? Variety. So what I'm getting at is, is everything that we do, if it seems almost irrational, it's probably because we're trying to fill those cups. We just don't have that knowledge behind it. We don't understand it. Now, is it an excuse? Eh, I'm, I'm, that's kind of one of those things, but typically that is exactly why people cheat. Either it's the routine behind the meeting up at the same spot or whatever, maybe in your everyday life, you don't have much of a routine. Maybe the routine of going to that hotel and meeting that person, that's that routine cup you're trying to fill. Or maybe it's the variety cup. Or maybe the person that you're cheating with makes you feel valuable or important and you're not getting that at home. Or maybe they actually express love when you don't feel love from your partner. So there's a multiple reasons why people step out of their relationships. I'm not saying that I agree with those things, but understanding, it's understand before you seek to be understood. If you can understand that, we can fix the problem. I'm done. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, um, my last question before we end the show, I'm gonna let you, Tony. I'm gonna let you um, go last, as you're the sex expert. But I'm gonna let uh, Natasha, then Anthony, and then Tony. What advice would you like to give to single people that are currently in relationships and married couples when it comes down to their sexual frustrations. And you, once again, you've been married at one time and you single. So you, you can, you can speak to both and Anthony can speak to both too, but you can speak, definitely speak to both. So, uh, what advice you got for those people when it comes to these frustrations, not being able to, to fulfill their needs due to religion or all this other stuff outside factors and the stuff we talked about today um first things first is you have to be willing to talk to whoever you're dealing with um a lot of times we're frustrated because we just kind of expect people to know you know like if um like especially women like we'll do passive aggressive stuff like have sex and it wasn't good so then we'll just like lay there and like be mad you know what I mean meanwhile like he's rolling over and going to sleep and then we're mad because he didn't notice our mad versus being like that wasn't it you know what I mean so like some you have to be willing to have the discussion and then you also have to be ready to make a decision if they're not trying to hear what you're talking about because a lot of times for example I was in a relationship and he just was not doing it for me and I let him know and instead of being like okay let's talk about this. It was like, well, you're the only woman that's ever said that before. So it must be something's wrong with you. Like that was his response. Like, it was like, yeah, it's not me. It's you because you're the only woman that's ever. And I'm like, really? 
<laughs> that that so in situations like that you got a decision to make are you gonna stick around and keep beating that dead horse or are you gonna move on you know what i mean like um now like i said this was just like a this wasn't anything serious but um so yeah be willing to talk be open and know your own body like if you if you can't tell them what to do to please you then you don't even know your own body so back to the masturbation piece like you better get up in there and figure yourself out so that you can let somebody know what you need i'm gonna stop right there (laughs) (laughs) all right anthony man speak to the people man what advice you got for the singles people are in the relationships and and people that are married they've gone through these sexual frustrations that we we have addressed today yeah man um first off let me say man shout, first off shout out to uh to you bro for for just um providing this platform to have this conversation man i um thanks for for, for inviting me to be a part of it um and 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 thanks to tony and, and tasha man for just completely dropping some great gems tonight man i've i've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation so thanks to both of you all um, for just everything that you said tonight um i'll kind of hit it from a different angle um just kind of looking at it from the perspective of maybe those who um, are kind of in serious committed relationships or kind of trending in that direction maybe thinking about marriage etc um, and i would just say um, one of the biggest things that i think you got to do is be real with your expectations um, and also kind of going back to something I said earlier, know that if you're kind of um, coming up on that, 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 okay, I think I'm going to spend my life with this person or, or, or we're, we're locking it down, being committed for a long time, know that quote unquote single sex is different from married sex. And, and so I'll sum it up by using an analogy that I give to a lot of my clients um, who come to me for relationship coaching um, when it, when, in terms of marriage and sex. And that's this, and um, you know, marriage is like having access um, to your favorite dessert whenever you want it. But the only trade-off is that you can't have any other desserts you might like. And so to that end, I would say, if you're good with eating, you know, your chocolate chip cookies every time that sweet tooth activates, cool. If not, you might want to pump your brakes, all right? And so it's just, just a lot to consider in that because um, things change, things shift, um, as we said earlier, um, our, our bodies, our expectations, um, desires, et cetera, things evolve. And so um, all in all, be real with, with your expectations. And, um, and of course, communication is paramount. But, but just know that, um, that, that, that things um, evolve, things change, and, and, and we grow. And if you're not willing to do that, then, you know, I don't know, you might need to reconsider some things. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last but not least, Tony Kennedy, the sex nerd. Tell us what advice you got for us on these sexual frustrations of adulthood. Um, Yeah, I would have to definitely just say I had a blast because this has been such a cool conversation. I could talk about sex and relationships literally all day and to be able to sit and talk with you guys and have these like strong points be made. It was powerful. I loved it. I will be smiling the rest of the night. I cannot wait to, to listen to this again. Um, so whenever I end any of my classes or uh, seminars and things like that, I always teach everybody the crave technique. And it's honestly, it's the advice that I give every time it's the crave technique. So it's, um, the C is for communication. Obviously we've been talking about it all night. It's or all day. It's important that we communicate. Um, and you can communicate in different ways. And I usually give examples, but in this moment, just 
figure out a way to communicate with your partner. Um, respect is important. That goes into if your partner says, hey, I one of my biggest fantasies is being, bent, if they do get to that point, being bent over a table and being slapped with some peanut butter. You need to respect that person. They're naked, they're vulnerable in front of you. Let's get our shame and our stigma and put it down because that is a big problem. And alignment, sexual alignment. So if that's what your partner wants to do and maybe you're like, I want to role play. I'm going to dress up like a chef. Now we've aligned our fantasies. Now we're, we're working together. Teamwork does truly make the dream work. Variety is extremely important. It doesn't really matter if the person is the same. You can always change your sex. You can always think of a million different ways. There's so much out there that you can do to add that variety, even if it is the same partner. So you really can have your cake and eat it too. You really can. And the last one is enthusiasm. No one wants to have sex with anyone that doesn't seem to be enjoying it. So those, that is the crave technique and it's super important. All right. Well, I don't have no advice to give y'all. So I just drew, uh, truly enjoyed the the show. Um, I, I mean, the only thing I can give you, give the people is that um, once again, everybody is outlined. This communication is the key. And if you know how, how you are when it comes to sex and and you have needs that they need to be met, you need to communicate that with your significant other or um, or person. And so you won't run into no issues down the road. And once again, I thank you you all for uh coming on the show and talking about this this uh topic that people are afraid to discuss. And I I had a blast. And before I leave, I always give give out my slogan that knowledge is power, but economic freedom is salvation. But if you put those two together, you'll build a great nation. This is Marcus Jones. We're Rebuke, and we are out. Oh.